Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, while wars and rumors of wars continue to point strongly to the prophetic last days, Ezekiel 38 and Psalm 83 wars, which we will be covering in more depth a little later in our study. Today we are pressing on to part five of the Watchman's Cry in continuation of our investigation of the Illuminati and the Luciferian networking connections that have been birthed from within it. This exercise is twofold. First, to remind God's legitimate children that while the prophetic word of his truth continues to unfold with be-ready persuasion, primarily in scriptural realities such as Israel and the many nations that are lining up to destroy her, as well as the revisitation of the days of Noah in which we are now living. Other indicators are also at work that support this mode of urgency with confirmation that there is a demonic strategy that is being executed in the world as Lucifer forges ahead in his prideful and rebellious intention to usurp the one true and only God of all creation, which I must state here, he will never accomplish because he has already been defeated by the blood of the Lamb. Secondly, to solidify our understanding that while we are yet in the world, we are no longer of it, and therefore we must at all cost avoid becoming partakers of its evil strategies, especially when they are masked with superficial goodness and worthwhile appearing benefits. For this is how Satan deceives multitudes into falling into his many lies and deceptions. Navigating this dual reality can be difficult, and that is why we need the help of the Holy Spirit, who has been given with the promise to lead us into all truth. In him is all wisdom and power, and nothing is hidden from his sight. He bears witness to Lord Jesus and all that his prophetic word of life has guaranteed us, knowing the end from the beginning and everything held within. He has known Lucifer from the moment he was created and even before and fully understands his prideful and rebellious nature. Nothing this arch enemy does will ever take him by surprise. And in fact, the Lord God Almighty is at work in the midst of these strategies to accomplish his highest and eternal purposes. And that is why he is alerting his people in order that we too may be made aware and with equipping power to stand strong in what his word has made certain, no matter how beguiling the enemy's strategies may be. Second Peter 1.5 provides us with this exhortation. Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence. In your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge. And in Luke 8, 17, for nothing is hidden that will not become evident, nor anything secret that will not be known and come to light. With Ephesians 5, 11 to 17 as the exclamation point, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. 
for it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light, for everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The word participate in that passage comes from the Greek word synokinia and means to have fellowship, share in company with, to be a partaker of, or to co-participate in. And as we studied the Illuminati and the Antichrist spirit of false illumination and enlightenment that comprises it, we learned that within every so-called secret organization is the same prideful quest for clandestine knowledge that beguiled Adam and Eve into disobeying the Creator. The serpent, or shining one, which is the literal interpretation of the word serpent in the Genesis passage, and which grants us his identification as Lucifer, who, as 2 Corinthians 11.14 confirms, appears as an angel of light, convinced the first man and woman that they could be like God if only they believed him instead of the Creator. And perhaps the most tragic and foolish factor about his persuasive deception is that they were already like God, for they had been made in his image and were cloaked with the same Shekinah glory that cloaked the Creator. In Psalm 104.2, we read the description of his glorious raiment. Thou art clothed with splendor and majesty, covering thyself with light as with a cloak, stretching out heaven like a tent curtain. And that is why when Adam and Eve sinned and became spiritually dead, the light was lifted from them, and they saw that they were naked. Before their separation from the God of love, the only thing that they did not have knowledge of was evil, for the Lord had spared them of everything that is held in darkness, bestowing upon them only that which was very good. For as James 1.17 confirms to us, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. But all the rich and benevolent blessings the Lord had lavished upon them were soon forgotten once Eve's gaze was turned upon Lucifer. He must have appeared brilliant before her, captivating her and then Adam with his outward beauty. For as you imagine him, please do not picture him in that setting as a snake as we know them in the reptile world. Ezekiel 38.13 aptly describes him as he appeared to Adam and Eve. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the ruby, the topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the lapis lazuli, the turquoise, and the emerald, and the gold. The workmanship of your settings and sockets was in you on the day that you were created. It is important to understand that the greatest and most successful deceptions of the enemy are those that are appealing to the carnal nature of man and pleasing to the eye. Outwardly, they will give the appearance of good, but underneath, evil is at work with a trap being firmly set 
to lure man into the adversary's devices. From Lucifer's mutiny that took place in heaven to the first fruits of his takeover agenda starting in the Garden of Eden, his prideful purposes have continued to move just like a snake under the radar, bringing him to the Tower of Babel and his first real attempt to create his one-world order through Nimrod, who stands in type and symbol of the Antichrist. Of course, he was foiled by God, who is all-knowing and is always in control, and the people were scattered across the earth. And yet, even though already defeated, the enemy did not give up. He continued with his masterful counterfeits and the networking systems that have brought us to this critical hour on earth, when once again, through science and technology, Earth's inhabitants are one people who are connecting through the internet and social media. Through various apps, every language on Earth can be translated and converted into your own native tongue within minutes. And in concert with these advancements, we learned in our last episode that the Illuminati persuasion of enlightenment that was originated in the Garden of Eden carried on down through the generations, making its mark through the likes of Meerbauer Rothschild, who, stirred on by financial gain and control, engaged Adam Weishaupt, a 33rd-degree Mason, who then founded the official Illuminati organization. The baton was then passed on to a man by the name of Giuseppe Mazzini, who was chosen to head the organization upon Weishaupt's death. The thread continued when Mazzini then enticed a man by the name of Albert Pike, who was fascinated by the idea of a one-world government, to join him. And so when asked by Mazzini, he readily agreed to write a work that would guide a Mason from a lower-level member to becoming a high-ranking Illuminati Mason of the 33rd degree. In a commentary written for BibleBelievers.org, they write, on July 14, 1889, Albert Pike issued his instructions to the 23 Supreme Councils of the world. The following is a brief excerpt from his speech. That which we must say to the crowd is, we worship a God, but it is the God that one adores without superstition. To you, Sovereign Grand Inspectors General, we say this, that you may repeat it to the brethren of the 32nd, 31st, and 30th degrees. The Masonic religion should be, by all of us initiates of the high degrees, maintained in the purity of the Luciferic doctrine. When Pike issued his instructions in 1889, Freemasons from the 30th degree and up either already knew or were for the first time informed of the Luciferic nature of the order. Today, however, the belief in Lucifer is not revealed until a mason reaches a higher level. Pike intended the degrees leading up to the 30th degree to serve only as a training school to gradually condition and prepare the candidate for the ultimate acceptance of Luciferic initiation. Although perhaps not in a blatant fashion, Masonic rituals and ceremonies from the earliest stages have been and are still representative of occult rites. But in order to keep the early initiates in the dark, everything in Freemasonry has a double meaning. Thus the candidate is practicing occultism throughout his degree work without knowing it. False interpretations are given 
to keep him from suspecting the institution to be anything less than noble and upright in purpose. Pike was quoted as saying that masonry is a religion of itself, which means those who treat it like a do-gooder's club are ignorant of its true purpose. Pike also stated that Masons lie to people intentionally to keep them from understanding the truth behind Freemasonry. In Morals and Dogma, Volume 1, pages 104 to 105, Pike is quoted as saying, Masonry, like all the religions, all the mysteries, hermeticism, and alchemy, conceals its secrets from all except the adepts and sages or the elect and uses false explanations and misinterpretations of its symbols to mislead those who deserve only to be misled, to conceal the truth which it calls light from them, and to draw them away from it. Truth is not for those who are unworthy or unable to receive it or would pervert it. And this is where we will have to pause, beloved. In episode six, we'll pick up where we left off today. Until then, Keep your eyes on Jesus, for he alone is the truth. And as always, I bid you his agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you'd like to receive a CD copy of this message or you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006 or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com.